Greetings and salutations, sports and wrestling fans all across the wide and wonderful internet. Time for another glorious edition of the Man in the Arena podcast, but again, we have sadness as always because Tennessee laid an egg, and of course, just bring in my good buddy to be sad with me for a little while. It's Mr. Trey Pack. Trey, how sad are you this week? I'm so sad that the funky music that we can't hear, uh, but is inevitably playing, did not cheer me up. Yeah, that's that's pretty much how it's going right now. My goodness, Tennessee and Auburn, we'll start with them because that's where we got to go. We got a lot more to talk about, but we will talk with our beloved Vols first. Dropping to Auburn after being up 10-0 at one point early in the game, lose 30-17. to Tennessee finally did score a touchdown in the second half, but... Tennessee just again outgains Auburn had a great offensive game plan but then bad decisions by Garantano bad special teams play just doomed the Vols to lose their fifth straight and lose again to Auburn on the loveliest village on the plane yeah man it's just it it's just sad man it's I'm to the point that I'm literally watching these games and I'm screaming at my television or phone or computer or whatever. Just what is it going to take? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like I have no idea what it's going to take for them to change quarterbacks, to change the coaching staffs. Oh, my God, I got to sneeze. I'm sorry. Uh, but, uh, I mean, you know what I'm saying? It's just like everything it, – it's – is it Cole's Law? Not Cole's Law. That's shredded up cabbage. Uh, is it Murphy's Murphy's law that anything that can go wrong will go wrong? That's where we are. And we're just, you know, falling in to Einstein's definition of, uh, of insanity. We're just doing the same thing over and over expecting different results. It makes no sense to me. And that was the frustrating thing when Tennessee, you know, they gave up the lead because they gave up the field goal to Auburn, uh, to start the third quarter, where Auburn took up like half the third quarter on that drive. And and then Tennessee just goes marching right down the field, running the ball. Great. Eric Gray, by the way, had 222 all-purpose yards, including you know 173 on the ground and 49 through the air, and looked great. Tennessee finally was able to bust a couple of long uh, runs, too, which was great to see. But Eric- then they go... Eric Gray is the only thing I've been right about all year. Like I, yeah. I said we were going to go eight and two. Or we were probably we may go two and eight. And you were talking about being sad. Yeah, but dude, I think Eric Gray has Heisman Trophy level talent. I messaged you during the game. Yeah, I you was did. Like, yeah, I, I think Eric Gray has. And, and you know, it's a it's a quarterbacks game now. Unless you're just really doing something crazy. Um, and Tennessee's on, you know, is a losing team right now. But I think he's got that level of talent, man. I, my my biggest talent. fear, my biggest fear is that for whatever reason, going into next year, that we underutilize him the way we did, like a Camara or someone like that. Like that is, and we're not as of right now. We are using him as much as we, you know, can, which yeah. is great. I just hope that trend continues. But he ran for a hundred, you know, almost one hundred and eighty yards with with the worst quarterback in the SEC. Like, imagine if we had a gunslinger that could open up that run game a little bit. I mean, the kid's yeah. dangerous. 
He's extremely dangerous, and that's what's been so frustrating is we took that 173 yards on the ground, 49 through the air, and put it to waste because Garantano's marching down the field, and for some reason on that play, it was an RPO, it was that run-pass option. He decides to pull it and throw it, even though we had just run it down their throats, and throws the pick six just into coverage. And yes, I know the receiver did not do what he was supposed to do either. I get that. But still, you just don't throw that pass at that point. You know, it's not the game on the line in you know the last play of the game. You need to make something happen. And it just runs back. But then at one point when he was running it back, I was just like, of course this is going to happen. This is just, I'm used to it at this point, which is really bad to be numb to. It's sick. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That is what it's been for the past, you know, really 10 years, but really the past five is that, oh, we're up 10 nothing, but we could be up 20 to nothing. Yeah. And it just, it's like, all right, well, as long as Garantano is, you know, has started and played the whole game, he's, he's too hit and miss. For, for him to be playing as much as he is. And again, we've talked about it for weeks. I just don't understand why he is in the game in those types of situations. He is hit and miss. Last year, we brought him in off the bench so he could hit and didn't have an opportunity to miss. If you leave him in there the whole game, he's going to miss. This is what it is. This is the type of quarterback he is. So just the, again, I'm screaming at my television. What's it going to take? Yeah, that's exactly what it is. And I, I had a, a an analogy, and we'll see how far down the rabbit hole this goes. I I, I said it on uh, my Twitter, which you can follow at Michael underscore Shibley, and I mentioned it on the uh, Man in the Arena Facebook and Instagram pages that you can check out. Um, it was almost thinking, I just don't know why. I started thinking about Star Wars for some reason. And I just remember, you know, in A New Hope... The first movie that ever came out, for those of you who are too young to remember that there was just one trilogy at one point, um, but in the original trilogy, when Luke first sees the Millennium Falcon, when they go to Docking Bay 94 there at Mos Eisley Spaceport, uh, yeah. I've never seen these movies, by the way. Um, <laughs> You're just reading off Wikipedia. Of course. And Luke walks and he sees the Millennium Falcon. And the first thing he's like, what a piece of junk. And then Han, <laughs> and then Han Solo's like, she'll make 0.5 past light speed. You know? And then he says, and this is the line that just made me think about this. It's like, she ain't much, but she's got it where it counts. And that's what I see when you're comparing it to Garantano. He's got so many tools, but he just doesn't have it when it counts. When you need the play to happen, he, he he's not making it. And yes, he is a guy who has been hit so many times and he has gotten up and dusted himself off and keeps going. And I have ultimate respect for him for that. There There is all the respect in the world for what he has done with some really bad teams that he's had to play through and really bad offensive lines and all of that. However, right now, he just doesn't have it when it counts, when we need that play. Because, again, you have that touchdown and the two field goals we missed, which Samaglia has been really disappointment so far this season. Oh, it, it's hilarious to me that we used to call this guy Automaglia. Like yeah. That was the whole thing. He was the 
had the highest, you know, make percentage in the SEC or whatever when Blankenship left. And now this kid went from, oh, this kid's – I was certain that this kid was going to play, you know, in the NFL to now he's – I mean, he's ruining his future career, really. Yeah, that was just – God. And, again, when, when we have – all these plays in the red zone and we have no points to show for it. It's just so bad. I mean, we had our chances in this game. We probably should have won this game for not just a few, just boneheaded mistakes. And I think again, I I was going to, we were going to talk about this, but of course circumstances have shown up, but I was going to say with the Vanderbilt game coming up, you got to go with Bailey. You got to go with the kid, see what he's got. There's no net to worry about anymore. Um, one of the columnists, cause he, he said, you know, you, he, it was Wes Rucker who's a great columnist. I love following him on Twitter. Uh, great on the vol beat as crazy it has been as long as he's been covering it. But he said, you know, the thing is always, he puts us in position to win the game when he's talking about Garantano, but he's not, <laughs> he's not winning the game. He, exactly. If, if, Doing that, you could put anybody else in there. You got to see what someone else might give us a position in the game to do that. So, if Tennessee was going to play Vanderbilt this week, I would say go for it and just put the kid in and see what he's got. You can always go back to the bench if he's not doing it, but you got to give him a shot against one team we really have a chance to win. And now we don't even have that opportunity because COVID has moved things around again uh, because of. I guess issues with the Arkansas team. Yeah, contact tracing. There's yeah. contact tracing with Arkansas, so Missouri and Arkansas got postponed. So they reschedule the Missouri Vanderbilt game for this week, but then that moves the Tennessee game off of this week, which is just weird. Right. It's so weird. Um, yeah, man, it's. I, I'm right there with you. I, I think you start. You would 100 start Bailey this week. I think you should have been starting him for the past three or four weeks. But you know, yeah. we've we've made that clear. But man, there's so many reasons to give Bailey the shot. You know, yeah. other, than, other than just Garantano has. You know, I get multiple cuss words this season. He shit the bed 100. Yeah. It's it's terrible. It's a nightmare. So start the kid, but like he's—it's not like he's going to lose a year of eligibility this year. Yeah, it, it's you know we're not trying to save the red shirt for him. We're not trying to do any of that mess. This kid, Garantano, I promise you, if he comes back next year, I am finding the nearest bridge and the nearest gun. <laughs> I will shoot myself off of a bridge. Oh, I'm making sure. I, I don't want to have to grab find somebody else to talk all these sports stuff with. That would well, be if, if Garantano comes back and starts another year, there like what, what what is there to talk about? That's true. But man, oh, oh my gosh! It, yeah. But regardless, Bailey is the quarterback of the future. We've made that clear. He's pretty much beat out Mauer and and Shroud as being the second string guy. Start the kid. Yep. Give the kid a shot. What do you got to lose at this point? Right. If if, he, if if you know if Bailey goes in there and shits the bed, you have a good idea. You know, you have a decent understanding of where the kid's at going into next year. That opens up the competition for Mauer and Shroud. But if Bailey comes in here and throws for 350, 400 yards and a few touchdowns and no picks and runs the offense, that's your quarterback next year. 
But let's find that out now in a season that's already lost. Yeah. And then, of course, I was going to say, at least now it, it, it's it been disappointing and we're, we're losing again. But, hey, at least we've got basketball season to look forward to. And that's oh, not going to happen. Oh, you would think. Because <laughs> as it, is, it has come because of COVID testing and contract tracing, we find out first that uh, Tennessee head coach Rick Barnes has tested positive for the coronavirus. And again, a speedy recovery. Uh, we'll, you know, and again, we'll see where all the testing goes from there. But again, the abundance of caution, Tennessee was scheduled to play Charlotte and VCU in the volunteer classic. They essentially created to reschedule things because of COVID-19. And those games had been canceled. And then it just came down the pipe that Tennessee was going to play Gonzaga in the Jimmy V Classic and in Notre Dame at uh, at Notre Dame in the first week of uh, December, and it shows at least the Gonzaga game is not going to happen and the Notre Dame game is not going to happen. I'm hoping they can find a way to reschedule, especially that Gonzaga game. I always love playing Gonzaga. It's always a great game when Tennessee and Gonzaga go together, and it. We've got so much to look forward to this basketball season. This recruiting class is one of the best we've ever had here on Rocky Top, and we got to wait now until maybe December 12th to see it. Yep, it's a nightmare, man, and especially, like, with the way football has been going. I mean, you nailed it on the head. Basketball was going to be the the new – was going to bring us out of the dumps and into the light, but, of course, coronavirus is real, y'all. Yeah. It is, and again, they're doing so much of this out of an abundance of caution, which is the right thing to do. It is the safest thing to do, and that's what we've got to do. Meanwhile, the Lady Vols, uh, their first game against Florida A&M gets canceled because Florida A&M, the Rattlers, decided just to opt out of the season. (laughs) So, you know, that's where we are in this world right now. And, I mean, that's, again, we talked about this a little bit last week, where it's like, I just, with everything now – there's more cases spiking. People were wanting to travel for the holidays and everything. It's like, I just don't know why you don't push it, the start of the season back a, a couple of months. You might have access to a vaccine at that point. And then play in May. Everybody's still going to watch the tournament. Trust me. It's the biggest ratings thing the NCAA proper has going for it. And I think if you put it in May, people are going to watch. Yeah, I'm right there with you. Uh, we like we talked. I think did we talked about this last week. Or we did before, last week. Yeah, I mean, I, I, you know me, I'm all about getting back to normalcy. But I'm telling you, man, and this, we're obviously a sports podcast, not a health and wellness podcast. I mean, yep. look at us. But like, like right? Yep. But I, dude, after this this week, going into next week, going into the next couple weeks, man, we're gonna see cases skyrocket. Yeah. Because as much you can feel however you want to feel about the seriousness level of it or whatever, um, you know, people are argue, I'm arguing on Facebook and everywhere that they can't argue about whether or not to get with their families or not. But with the, you know, there are enough people out there that are going to do it and they're going to be around people that, you know, that are working in essential businesses that, yep. uh, that it's whether, what, we're so divided right now that we're never going to get on the same page. So everyone's going to get sick. Yep. So just, I mean, I'm really, really nervous about basketball Yep. because I I think first week of December is going to be, we're going to see the most cases 
active cases we've seen yep. yet. Absolutely. Like, herd immunity, yeah, herd immunity is dumb, dumb, dumb idea. I will tell you that, and I will preach it from the rooftops. Uh, but we did have football that wasn't Tennessee that was depressing. You know, we talked about how it was kind of a prove it Saturday for some of these teams. One of the teams that had a little trouble for a while, Indiana at Ohio State, they were down big. They almost came back and caught Ohio State, but it was just too much. Indiana could not run the ball, which was big. They had to just do it all through the air. Uh, but Ohio State, again, showing their championship medal, getting it done against a really hot team. Yeah, it, that, what's the quarterback? Is it Phoenix or Panix? Whatever it Panix, is. Panix, yeah. Panix. He's he's a good little quarterback man, but he's not you know gonna win you an entire ball game. But he's not Joe Burrow. Yeah, but I mean, yeah, four hundred ninety-one yards, five touchdowns. He went out on his shield, as they say. Right. Uh, that, that was very impressive. Coastal Carolina did prove some things. They beat Appalachian State at home, which was good. And of course, Cincinnati holding serve. They took a late charge from uh, Central Florida down there in Orlando. But they got the win. So you got some of these mid-major teams doing work. Meanwhile, you look, was Northwestern now pretty much a hammerlock on the Big Ten West? Again, you talk about a team that isn't much but has it where it counts. That's Northwestern, as we talk all the time. Purple Vandy, as you like to call them. They're winning games and doing it well. Yeah, it's a nightmare. (laughs) It's just like Vandy winning games. It's like, what are we going to do? And, of course, the one I had it right, uh, you had it uh, wrong. I won't rub it in too much on you. But Oklahoma showing why their big brother against Oklahoma State in the Bedlam game and pretty much eliminating the Big 12 from any talk of the college football playoff at this point because now everybody, I think, has two losses, at least in conference – or not in conference. Iowa State's got a loss to Louisiana that was not in conference. And then Liberty, they had a shot at a field goal at the gun – they couldn't get it done. NC State blocked it. NC State got the win by one point to give Hugh Freeze's team their first loss. Yeah, which is just – I mean, what a game. That was definitely the game that I had my eyes on earlier in the day. Um, There's a lot of fun to watch. I, I would have loved to see Liberty win it because I picked them. Uh, but, you know. It, I did too, yeah. It was, it was a heck of a game. And it, it's games like that that may – you know, that's – Makes me really happy we're playing football. With all the weirdness, with everything that's going on, there's still great football happening. And that's nothing nothing in the entire world makes me happier. Exactly. I am right there with you. One of the uh, one of the things, of course, that we've got going on, it just happened as we right before we started recording this, they released the first college football playoff rankings of the season, which I kinda wish they just hold off on all rankings until this late in the season anyway to be perfectly honest with you. Um, but the top four shouldn't really come as a surprise the top four teams involved. It's Alabama, Notre Dame, Clemson, Ohio State. I'm surprised a little bit that Clemson is above Ohio State in the rankings because Ohio State is undefeated. Now, granted, Ohio State has only played four games. Clemson has played eight. Um, but Clemson does still have the one loss. But, again, I'm not going to argue – at all with the four teams that are in the top four. Uh, yeah, I mean, who's Clemson's lost to again? Notre Dame. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, a couple weeks ago. Duh. Yeah. Uh, yeah, man, I, I, I'm 100% with you. It, it, there's no reason Clemson should be above Ohio State. I don't know if I put Clemson in there at all, to be honest with you. I, I well, think- they did. 
they did lose that game without Trevor Lawrence, so that's one of the other things you got to consider. Yeah, but how do you know Trevor Lawrence is going to be there at the end of the year? You know what I mean? We'll see. We'll see what it goes tomorrow. That's Um, true. I I know that's a crazy. You know, if Justin Fields goes down, Ohio State is over. Yeah, but like you know, I don't know. I'm just. I, I disagree with the rankings all around, but you know, yeah. I, I hate I've hated the rankings my whole life. So of course, uh, it's Tennessee fans. We always hate the rankings. Um, oh yeah, as, yeah, the ESPN hates us. And of course, not to make uh, not to make Tennessee fans feel any worse, but the two teams sitting right now on the outside looking in, Texas A and M and Florida, Tennessee plays both of them. Uh, coming up to round out the season. So both those teams are going to be looking for style points, and they might be looking at it against the Vols. So that is not good. Oh, yeah. We're talking about Florida coming in needing, like, a statement win to get in the playoffs. We're we're doomed. Exactly. Meanwhile, you've got – then rounding out the top ten, you've got Cincinnati. You've got Northwestern up there at number eight. Georgia at five and two at number nine. And then Miami at ten. One of the ones I think – People kind of hosed a little bit the committee that I'm not I'm gonna disagree with a lot is BYU all the way down at 14. They're sitting at nine and zero, and yes, their entire season got wrecked because they're not in a conference and they've had to do a lot of gymnastics to schedule teams. But they are playing really good football. It's not just the people they're playing that they're beating up on. I mean, you look they're behind an Iowa State team that lost to Louisiana early in the season. And they're behind, like, and, and again, you can argue with Indiana and Oklahoma, but it's like BYU has played well on the field. And I'm hoping maybe they'll get to play some of these Pac-12 teams now that they say the Pac-12 can schedule some non-conference games. I think that would be a big help to them. And again, I wouldn't put them in, like, you know, at like 7, 6, or 5 or anything like that, but I'd at least have BYU probably in the top 10. Yeah, I 100% agree with you. Because they're undefeated and, like, I feel like people are looking at their schedule as a detriment. Like they're not in a conference. They're, they're playing a completely random schedule. And, you know, that they're having to weather the storm and kind of like going from week to week. Like they, they have like so much less preparation than like a Tennessee team does. Like we yeah. know who we're playing week in and week out unless something weird happens. But like, yeah. at least we can, we have a plan set and, you know, to go, to move forward. BYU, like, you know, they know who they're playing Saturday and maybe next Saturday, but you don't know who you're playing three or four weeks from now. Yeah. Yeah, the way this has all been, yeah, it's just amazing that they did that. And, again, you can make that argument all you want that it's the schedule and COVID, hey, ruined things. But, I mean, Texas A&M hasn't played in two weeks, and they're still sitting there at number five. So Right. and it's, But that's, you know, that's strength to schedule, and that's yeah. – they are in the SEC, and they've got huge wins in the SEC. So, BYU, uh, I will say this to, to, to y'all at Notre Dame, get in a damn conference. There's no reason to be independent anymore. Yeah, and that's why Notre Dame, at least for this season, is playing in the ACC. Um, yeah, BYU, the last game on their schedule is December 12th. So, they're not – they're – they played last week, this last Saturday, but they're not going. They're not scheduled to play another game until San Diego State on December twelfth. Now, maybe that leaves themselves open for BYU to maybe play some of these Pac twelve teams, which I think could boost them a little bit if they win out. 
but still, I would like I'd still like them to start a little higher than where they are. Agreed. Meanwhile, let's finish up with the football talk. Let's go over to the NFL as you had some some games that are just, you know, great. It was tough to see um, the Washington football team. They got the win, but it was tough to see Joe Burrow getting carted off the field after having a really good rookie year so far, and his knee is torn up, and he is not playing the rest of the season. Oh, my gosh, yeah. It's just literally worst-case scenario if you're a Joe Burrow guy, you know what I mean, which I am. I thought I think Joe Burrow's got all the talent in the world to be the next big thing. Um, you know, we talk so much about the these quarterbacks like Lamar Jackson that give you more options. I think Joe Burrow is going to be the resurgence of the pocket passer, but uh, you know, here we are. So we'll see. You know, he apparently he'll, he's fine. He'll be back. He's already on Twitter saying that he's good. Um, he'll just be back next year. So I, I hope he does, and I hope he's better than ever. A couple of really good overtime games. The Titans coming back against the Ravens to get the win in overtime, which was good. The Ravens have just not looked good. Uh, Lamar Jackson has been having some issues at, at quarterback. I don't. There's just something just not right. I don't know if teams have gotten more of the book on Lamar Jackson or if it's just just he's just not clutch against teams he should be clutch against. Yeah, he's. I, I think that people put Lamar in the same realm. Like he's a Patrick Mahomes as a as a quarterback, it, he's not man. Like Lamar Jackson is great. He's an MV, he's an MVP level talent, but he is playing this new. He's he's this new prototype that you know not that we had with Vic that we had with some of these guys in the past, but you know Lamar's really stepped up his passing to be a legitimate quarterback. But he nobody's. You know, if if we outlawed scrambling no, or in quarterback runs, Lamar Jackson's not a top 15 passer. Yep. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. Uh, and I think if you can, you know, get the jump uh, on containing him, I think he really struggles. Um, so, but, yeah, so I, I, I do think Lamar Jackson is, is good enough to beat a lot of that. But as defenses are adjusting, so will Lamar, Lamar will have to. Um, and I think he'll do that. And it'll he'll. I'm not saying Lamar Jackson's career is over and everybody's got it figured out because we've had scrambling quarterbacks forever and no people still can't figure it out. Uh, but regardless, yeah, I think you're going to continue to see Lamar lose these type of games until you know he evolves into that next step of, of being a better passer. Exactly. Uh, the Colts got the win against Green Bay on another classic game. The Packers were going in, and they fumbled it away, and the Colts were able to get the win in overtime. Uh, meanwhile, the Chiefs, Patrick Mahomes, you talk about him, he was clutch. The Raiders got the touchdown with Jason Witten, the ageless Jason Witten, it seems like, uh, now playing for the Raiders in Las Vegas, which is still going to take me a while to get used to. They were up, and then the Chiefs marched right down the field, scored with like 30 seconds left in the game. Patrick Mahomes, again, showing why he is probably the best player in the league with a great Sunday night game. Yeah, man, him or Aaron Donald, bro. Aaron Donald is is a freak of nature. Uh, But Mahomes is 100. It's not close. He's the best offensive player in, in, in the past 10 years. Yep, I agree. Uh, meanwhile, of course, you're showing – you talk about Aaron Donald. He and the Rams took care of business in beating Tom Brady 
and the Buccaneers, which of course drops the Buccaneers now two games behind the New Orleans Saints in that division. Uh, as the Saints are eight and two and looked good with Taysom Hill as quarterback, which I really liked. Uh, they're two games behind, and New Orleans has beaten them twice. So the Saints have a hammerlock on that division. But then you look at the worst division in football. It is the NFC East with the Eagles or because they tied with the Cincinnati Bengals. And we talked about this a few weeks ago. When they tied with the Cincinnati Bengals, there was a big thing. It was like, that division's so bad, that tie might be able to get them the win in that division. Well, it might come true because the Giants, Cowboys, and Redskins are all at 3-7. and seven. The Eagles with 3-6-1 and one are leading that division. That's so – COVID, coronavirus, it's messing everything up. Honestly, I think with even with the NFC with – with or without the coronavirus, I think the NFC East would be that terrible the way yeah. it's been. Right, and, and, which is so sad, man. The NFC East has been traditionally one of the best conferences in football. Um, yeah. So to see somebody that's three, six, and one in first place, that's wild. It's so bad. And, I mean, you're going to have the Redskins and Cowboys, their annual Thanksgiving game, playing almost for first place in that division, depending on what the Eagles do next week. So it's nuts. But, hey, we got Thanksgiving football, which is always great. Hopefully yeah. – the Steelers and the Ravens will be able to play because I know there has been a COVID outbreak in the Ravens organization. So we'll see where all that goes uh, by Thursday. So, but again, got to love that Thanksgiving NFL football. Yeah, I love it. It's, it's again, I love football any day of the week. And we were talking about this uh, last week. I love Thursday night football. It's gotten a lot better, but this Thursday, it's always the best. Oh, let's see here. A couple of just other news and notes. I'm going to skip over the Dabo Sweeney stuff because everything that comes out of Dabo's mouth that's not football-related is really annoying. Did you hear about him talking about how he thought Florida State, the reason they postponed the game was because of COVID, was because they didn't want to play him? I was like, that's just asinine, Dabo. That's that's ridiculous, bro. First off, it's Florida State. You know, it's yeah. not it's not mashed potato Baptist, you know, tech. Yeah, like it is a legitimate program that wants you know just because they're having a down year doesn't mean they don't want to play you even if they know they're you know they're most likely going to lose whatever. Um, but to say something, it's just you got to think before you speak, man. Like your best player has been the advocate of the let us play movement, and you're just saying the most ridiculous things. Yeah, I mean. Dabo winning those national titles does buy you a lot of credit. If you were, you know, at a program that's not, you know, doesn't have a really good record right now, uh, that would get you in a lot of trouble. But he got out of it somehow. So, yeah, yeah I, mean, I mean, if Tennessee played him, I don't want Tennessee to play him. But that, yeah. you know, but well, you know, I'm not making decisions based on uh, programs, and that's yep. why we're here and they're there. Yep. But, uh, you know, one of the big things was you had an NBA free agency happen. I mean, the big. Oh, it's been a it's been a roller coaster. Yeah, you got you got to love the free agency. It's always crazy. Nothing really, really big has happened. Uh, Hayward moving from Boston to Charlotte or no, I'm sorry, New Orleans with the Hornets. That's about as big a move as you're going to get. But my favorite story, and this is the only real thing I wanted to talk about here, was Fred Van Fleet who, you know, plays for the Toronto Raptors. He was an unsigned, he was undrafted, and he ends up with the Raptors. 
And he, you know, for a long time, he was just kind of a, a guy who worked himself off. He bet on himself, as he said, you know, he was, you know, at Wichita State, he was a damn good player for a long time. And now he's become the largest contracted player in NBA history for an undrafted player with a four-year, $85 million deal re-signing with the Toronto Raptors. I mean, the guy bet on himself, as he said. He tweeted that, bet on yourself, and he did, man. And he's going all the way to the bank with that work ethic and everything. And that's, again, why I love the Raptors, even without you know Kyle Lowry and uh, – well, Lowry's still there, but DeRozan and Kawhi Leonard are not there. So he stepped up, filled the void, did his work, and now he's getting paid, which is amazing. Yep. I mean, it's we say it all the time, man. You play to win the game, and my man just – you know, went out every day with with that attitude, and it just shows you, man. It doesn't matter where you are; um, it's about where you want to be. Yep. All right, let's move real quick to pro wrestling as we finish up here. Uh, the big thing, of course, it was Survivor Series, the Thanksgiving Day tradition, which has kind of been just weird, just kind of the way it's all been because, of course, of coronavirus and all that. But they've been doing this brand versus brand stuff for so long, where you got the champions taking on each other. I mean, nothing that great really came out of it. It was just a bunch of standard stuff, really. Not a lot of story being told there. I mean, at least that was what I kind of saw. The Street Profits beating the New Day in the Tag Champs versus Tag Champs. Uh, Bobby Lashley beating Sami Zayn with the battle between the IC title and the U.S. title. Sasha Banks beating Asuka. That was a great match. Uh, I'm, I'm... just all in on Asuka. I've loved her ever since she was in NXT. And I love Sasha Banks, too, who was in a recent episode of The Mandalorian, which was great. So those were some really good matches. Um, Then, I mean, you look at the Survivor Series matches, don't care about that. The big match was Roman Reigns, the Universal Champion, versus Drew McIntyre. That was a great match. And Roman Reigns tapped out. Uh, with a guillotine choke, Drew McIntyre. So it was a clean finish in your two top champions going at it. That was an amazing match. Yeah, oh, I agree. Yeah, it was definitely the best match of the night. Yeah, it was. And Roman Reigns, the the heel persona, we've talked about that on this show. He's just amazing with the show. Yeah, he's figured it out, man. It took him 15 years to for everyone to just not hate him. Yeah. Uh, and he's running with it. So, yeah, I'm all for it. And of course, what finished up uh, the the night was the Undertaker's final farewell. It seems like he's had a few of these. Uh-huh. A bit. Uh-huh. But but he made his um, he made his debut thirty years ago at the Survivor Series, uh, and so they they brought out some of his biggest rivals and Shane McMahon for some reason. Um, but just people throughout his career that he's feuded with forever. You know, the Big Show, JBL, Jeff Hardy, Mick Foley, of course, is Mankind, The Godfather of the Godwin, Savio Vega, Rikishi, Kevin Nash, Tennessee's most famous basketball player, um, <laughs> Booker T, Shawn Michaels, Ric Flair, Triple H, Kane, of course. So, of course, you had two Knoxville tie-ins there. Mayor Kane was there. You know, they were all there to give credit to just the best gimmick in the history of professional wrestling is the undertaker. And Hey, you got to give him his due. The dead man was great forever. And it's good to have him get a tribute. I hope they do something else 
when there's actually a full crowd there, which would be great to see. Uh, that's what I'm saying, man. It, uh, he'll be back. Yep. I guarantee it. Absolutely. It'll, be, it, it'll get sad, like it always does, but he'll be oh, back. Oh, yeah. Oh yeah, I, I, you know, I, I, you know, there'll be some tears, but it'll mostly be because I've got like dust in my eyes from doing a bunch of manly stuff outside before I came to watch the wrestling. You know, of course, right? Yeah, obviously. All right, you ready to pick some football games? I was undefeated on my personal bets this week, so I am ready to help the people out. Yes, let's do it. We're going to start off. There's some good games on Friday. There's actually two games between ranked teams, so I got to make sure to send out that SOS to everybody in our Pick'em game to make some Friday picks. But you've got Iowa State and Texas for you know a big shot at control of the Big 12. Texas is favored by a little, but again, I'm just going to keep riding my usual Texas isn't back, and I'm going to ride with Brock Purdy and Iowa State. Nope, party, party, party. Texas is not back. You are absolutely correct. Then you've got Notre Dame in the college football playoff currently sitting at 8-0, but they're traveling to Chapel Hill to play a good North Carolina team that are ranked number 19 right now. Notre Dame a five-point favorite. Does North Carolina have a chance to pull off the upset? I don't think they do, but Mac Brown has a good chance at doing it. Nope, we're going to the bank early this week, in my opinion, man. Go to the bank, take all the money out that they'll let you. Call me. I'll give you a loan as long as you pay me back a little bit. Uh, do whatever you can take. You can get as much money as you want because Notre Dame is winning this game by two touchdowns. North Carolina doesn't have a shot to cover. All right. I'm going to go with you on that. It's weird that the Iron Bowl – is happening not the last game of the season for either team, just the way the scheduling kind of worked out because, again, COVID. Uh, but Auburn traveling to Tuscaloosa to play the number one ranked Alabama Crimson Tide. Alabama, I, I'd have to look up and see what the record for a spread in this game is, but Alabama is a 24-and-a-half point favorite hosting Auburn. Uh, it's got to be definitely up there, man. And I'll be honest with you, I'm – you know I don't like big spreads. I hate them. I hate them. I hate them. I hate them. I am putting some money that Alabama beats them by 40. I don't think this game's going to be close at all. Okay. And then, I mean, you don't – there's not a lot of other big ranked versus ranked matchups that you've got this weekend. In Northwestern, with probably the highest ranking they may have ever had, they're playing a Michigan State team that's maybe looking to pull the upset. I don't know. Um, I'm still going with Northwestern, even though, and they're favored on the road by 13 and a half. Yeah, Purple Van. I'm staying away from that game, man, because, like you said, they are playing on the road um, in in territory they're not used to being in. Um, yeah. But yeah, I am going to stay away from this game. But I think Purple Vandy wins it. Yep. Me too. Here's a game I'm interested. This could be a good chance at an upset, or it could be a total car wreck uh, for LSU. LSU, again, coming off a win, a hard-fought win against Arkansas to win the Battle of the Golden Boot. I love trophy games. Always have, always will. Um, But they're facing – now, Texas A&M is at home. Texas A&M hasn't played – in a couple of weeks, they've had the last two games that have been postponed. So it's been three weeks since they have played a football game. LSU going with the freshman at quarterback. Texas A&M favored by two touchdowns. But does LSU have a chance to maybe pull up the straight-up upset? How much did they beat Arkansas by? They beat them by three. 
Nope, they have no shot. Okay. It's just it's just a gut feeling in there. Another one to look out for, at least that I think could have a chance. I'm not going to pick it, but I think you should be aware of. Oklahoma traveling all the way to country road. Country Roads, easy for me to say, West Virginia, they're in Morgantown to play a pretty good Mountaineers team uh, at 5-3. and three. So be on the lookout there. Oklahoma favored by 11. Yeah, I take, uh, yeah, I take West Virginia to cover there, but I do think Oklahoma wins. All right. And because it is Thanksgiving, Trey, we're going to do this. What is – we're going to wrap up at least this segment. If you got to pick, what is your favorite Thanksgiving side dish? Stuffing. So, uh, you, you and me are on of of one mind here. I love stuffing when it is made right. Oh my goodness, it is perfect. Yeah, and even it's it's like stuffing is like pizza for me, man. Like even like not great stuffing is like it's still stuffing. Yeah. Oh my god, but you get like some good stuffing. Oh, it's not even close. Like I love mac and cheese. I love mashed potatoes. I dude, I love food. Okay. First yeah. But stuffing is one of those things you don't you don't get every day. You don't yep. even get it once a month, man. Stuffing is a is a holiday food, and it's it's king. Yeah, I love it. Um, what is your least favorite side? Because like mine, again, I was even though my dad was born in Tennessee, and I've spent a lot of time in the South. Maybe it's because I'm not from here. I've just never been a big sweet potato person, so I just don't like sweet potatoes or yams, if you call it that either. Yeah, so I, I do like yams, man, but it's a dessert for me. Like it's not, it's too sweet. You don't go from your mac and cheese to your yams to to your turkey. You know what I'm saying? Like I do like yams, but I want them. I want them destroyed like marshmallow. It's got to be like a dessert for me. Um, I, that's tough, brother. It really is my least favorite. Like I don't do cranberry sauce. Uh, it's not that I hate it or anything. It's just. I, to be honest with you, I don't think I've ever eaten it. I don't even think I've ever tried it. Um, th- that's not for me. Uh, I will tell you this: anybody that puts onions in their green beans, I don't like you. That's not that's not what goes in there. Uh, but uh, other than that, there are dishes that I really like when they're made well. But when they're not, it's it's upsetting. If you mess up mac and cheese, I don't want to talk to you. I don't, yeah, that's someone. It's like I don't I, how how when it comes to that. <laughs> yeah, the only reason I'll put onions with the green beans is just to let them sweat a little bit, get that get that uh, things going there. You know, right before you do everything, you put you know a little quarter of an onion in there and let the oil sweat it up and get some of that flavor going, but not like a full on onion or anything. Right? Oh, just if you're eating long green beans, then yeah, throw some diced onion in there. But if you're eating the little chop the short ones and you put you know two whole onions in there, it's gross. I didn't want. Yeah. You know, I, I wanted green beans, not onion soup. Yep, exactly. But uh, that's going to wrap up this wonderful edition of the Man in the Arena podcast. Trey, where can everybody find you, my good sir? Uh, you can find me uh, on Twitter at Trey Pack, T-R-E-P-A-C-K. I'm on Instagram at Trey Pack 1. And if you're interested in coming and seeing the Yucks and me, uh, try to make you laugh. Find me on Facebook, just Trey Pack. Um, you'll see where upcoming shows and stuff are. Excellent. And of course, you can find me on Twitter, Michael underscore Shibley. And of course, the Man in the Arena Facebook and Instagram pages are out there. We post the links to all that good stuff. Of course, you can listen to this fine podcast 
Uh, and of course, our good friends with Sagas and Shenanigans, where Trey, myself, Mrs. Shibbles, and others, we play Dungeons and Dragons. Uh-huh. And you've got, of course, Wild with a Y. You've got those guys doing their thing. You've got a uh, BRB AFK, the video game pop culture podcast, Geeks and Hair to the Earth, all those great podcasts. And I actually have a plug for something I'm doing. Um, there's a storytelling podcast I've been a fan of for a long, long time. It's called Risk. R-I-S-K with an exclamation point. It's hosted by Kevin Allison, who was in the old uh, sketch comedy group The State from back in the day. This is even a little bit before my time for a lot of people. But he does these true stories that people, the the whole thing is, yeah, true stories people thought they'd never dare to share in public. And Uh, I submitted a story for it, and it is going to be on their next episode, which is coming up and going to be released on December 1st. So listen to me, it's just a short, I did a short anecdotal story, there's some people who tell other stories uh, that are a lot more of a long form, but this one's a quick story about an incident that happened at work a few weeks ago that I wanted to share, because it has a lot of things kind of going on with current situations that I felt needed to be shared, so I'm really excited to be a part of that. I mean, this is a great podcast. I have laughed some of the hardest laughs I've ever had listening to it, and I have been in tears listening to this podcast. So it's a great one. Risk, listen to it, uh, and of course, I'll put a link to it in all my social media as well. Yeah, uh, two things. That sounds really exciting, and I'm super excited to hear you. I think I know what story it is, but I'm still excited to, to see, you know, to check it out. Um, but, uh, no, just for everyone that does listen, first off, thanks. Why? But second off, uh, you know, we plug ourselves every week. It's, you know, part of not having a soul and doing this. Uh, but follow Shibley on Twitter. He is my favorite sports personality to, to follow on social <laughs> media. In Twitter, he is in rare form. So follow Shibley on Twitter. I appreciate it. And hey, follow your shenanigans, man. They are great to see on all the social media. It is fun to do. And catch him to hear the yucks, man. I miss having a microphone in my hand and standing up on stage. I'm glad you've been out and been able to do some of that during all of this craziness. It's been a lot of fun, man. I'm, I'm ready to get back back, but it's good to, to have the few things that feel blessed. I like it. Well, that's going to wrap it up. Trey, you have a wonderful and safe Thanksgiving. You too, buddy. All right. And for everybody else, again, happy Thanksgiving. Thank you guys so much for listening. And again, as always, too sweet. Love you. See you next week. Bye.